0: As we begin 2021, what's the state of the logistics industry? Will capacity remain tight for shippers? And new calls to improve safer packing of container shipments? Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. I am Dave Maloney. I'm the editorial director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Batters is sponsored by DCV-TV. Five channels of streaming video are yours for the viewing on DCV-TV. Major improvements have been made to the DCV-TV platform to enhance the viewing experience, provide greater search capabilities, and to expand the capacity of the video library well beyond the 3,000 plus videos already in the archive. Be sure to check it all out at DCVTV.com. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham will be along to provide their insight into the top stories of this week. But to begin, what is the state of the logistics industry as we begin the new year? To discuss this and other stories, here is Victoria with today's guest. Victoria?
1: Yes, our guest this week is um, Zach Rogers, and Zach is Assistant Professor of Supply Chain Management at Colorado State University. He's also a researcher for the monthly Logistics Manager's Index Report which gauges economic activity and strength in the logistics industry. Welcome, Zach.
2: Hi, I'm happy to be back.
1: Yeah, thank you for joining us again. Um, Economic activity and logistics continued to grow in December, as we saw with the uh, most recent LMI report, although it was at slower rates than we'd seen in the run-up to uh, peak shipping season. So I wanted to ask, you know, how would you assess the strength of the industry as we begin 2021?
2: Right, so, uh, and just a reminder uh, to your listeners, The way the LMI report works is it's a change index where any number below 50 indicates contraction and any number above 50 indicates growth. So for the last three months, we had been sort of in like the low 70s in terms of overall growth. And in December, we dropped down to a 66.7. Now, that doesn't mean that there's less logistics activity in December than there was in November, October, September. All that really indicates is that the rate of change has gone down a little bit. So still growing, just at a slightly decreased rate. And really that's driven by what you would expect in December, which is decreases in inventory levels, right? As companies sort of sell goods off around the holidays, as well as an increase in warehouse capacity. So as we get some goods out the door, there's still there's a uh, slightly more warehouse capacity. I will say though that even with those goods going out the door, warehouse capacity was still contracting. Transportation capacity was really contracting. I mean, down in the 30s, and prices are are growing all over the place.
1: I wanted to touch on uh, the capacity issues, um, and you you mentioned um, the constraint there. How do you um this playing out in the early days of the new year i know you you kind of take a look at future predictions in the in the um, in the survey as Mm -hmm. well
2: right so we ask our respondents okay in the next 12 months what will happen with all these metrics and um with transportation respondents do predict a, a moderate level of growth in terms of the capacity that comes back online so a 62 which means there will be significantly more trucks on the road with warehousing interestingly It came back as a 51, which, you know, 50 means basically no change. So essentially, that's what they gave us. There's, you know, we'll be building more warehouses, but it's not going to be enough to keep up demand. And interestingly, what that really does is it, 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 it keeps a premium on logistics services is that prices will be high. Both of our future predictions for price around 80, which is really steep growth. And so even if capacity does come back online, say for transportation, respondents are still expecting price to go up, and that's for a number of reasons. One of those is, okay, yeah, supply will go up, but demand will you know keep going up. And two is that the types of, of transportation uh, that we need are changing. you know it's more about last mile delivery now or even returns or, or all these sort of things where it's really hard to achieve the same economies of scale that we were achieving maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago when a lot of logistics networks were designed. And it's also important to keep in mind that even if capacity does go up, we're working from such a deficit because, you know, in 2020, we had thought that at the beginning of the year, uh, which seems like 10 years ago, uh, we had thought that uh, e-commerce was going to go up by about 15%. Well, it actually went up by about 40%. And e-commerce requires more warehouses that are closer to consumers, and more trucks. And so, you know, we needed essentially three times more uh, than we thought for e-commerce. And so we're really working at a deficit in terms of capacity. So even if we are building trucks and warehouses as quickly as we can, it's just not going to be enough.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, you mentioned uh, returns. We're in the midst of this holiday return season. I wanted yeah. to ask you how the increased volume is affecting logistics, and, you know, how do you expect that to play out?
2: Well, it is affecting it significantly. Um, So uh, e-commerce tends to have returns rates that are two to three times higher, depending on the category, but two to three times higher than brick and mortar purchases. And if you think, okay, well, it's two to three times higher, plus e-commerce went up by 40% this year. Essentially, what that means is is returns volume is probably up somewhere around 30-ish percent. Um, it's going to be over $100 billion of of returned goods uh, that we're in the midst of right now. And it's really straining uh, networks. You know, returns, and I used to be a returns manager uh, before I came back to school, actually. And returns are are difficult to deal with. Um, It's really hard to get any economies of scale because, you know, they go to different places, whether things are going to get salvaged or put back into inventory or thrown away or donated to charity or whatever, everything has to be sort of like an individual decision. You're not making decisions generally for whole pallets and whole cases. You're doing individual returns at a time. And so because of that, they take up a lot of space. Um and you got to go pick them up from all over the place. And and it, it's really a, a big bubble. And, and you know it's funny because usually at this time of the year, I and mean, we always have returns, but usually at this time of the year, everything can kind of slow down a little bit. And we're not seeing a ton of slowdown. I mean, like you said, we did see decreases in the rates of growth, um, but we're still seeing rates of growth. You know, Um, last year at this time, transportation prices were a 50, basically meaning, okay, no change. Basically, the transportation market is calming down. This year, transportation prices uh, were an 85 in our most recent reading. Inventory levels even though they're down or still growing, they're 56 inventory levels at this time last year, were a 42. And so we're not seeing the same sort of uh, depressurization that a lot of times we see in January and give, uh, give supply networks times to, uh, to, to bounce back a little bit after the holiday season. And a lot of that is because of the waiver returns. The other, the other piece of it would be uh, we're backlogged on inventory. You know, we had a, uh, like 20 big container ships sitting outside the port of LA a lot of days in December waiting to get in. Normally, port of LA maybe processes nine to 12 ships, you know, on a day. Uh, And that's because we were so backed up in terms of backlogged inventory coming from China, Asia, overseas, uh, that now all of that's just getting into the system. And so we're dealing with two things right now uh, that maybe normally wouldn't be dealing with, which is a really heightened returns, a heightened level of returns, and a huge influx uh, of inventory to a level that we normally wouldn't be seeing uh, in these first few weeks of January.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's certainly a complex landscape. I wanted to ask you, too, um, you know, between capacity concerns that you've mentioned and the volume increases we were just talking about, you know, is there any relief in sight for logistics companies? I mean, it's just, it still continues to (laughs) be
2: Uh, hopefully (laughs) at some point there will be, you know, one thing that's helping now is that, okay, now it's, it's clear that this really is a, is a shift. You know, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, we saw firms that were slow to really build up truck capacity. Um, and and that's because we didn't know how long it was going to last. You know, some people thought, oh, maybe we'll be back at church by Easter. or It's over in six weeks, you know, this isn't going to be that bad. And that's, you know, it it ended up, you know, now we're 10 months later. And so I think that we kind of thought, oh, maybe this is a blip and we don't want to make big CapEx, you know, investments. Well, now clearly, even though, okay, maybe we're all getting the vaccine in the next four months, maybe, which is another logistics (laughs) challenge, by the way, Um, Mm -hmm. we, you know, uh, we just have so, so kind of much to do. And, And so I think it's going to be really difficult to catch up because people aren't going to just stop buying their groceries online just because, oh, now I can go back to the grocery store. I mean, I think a lot of people have found a lot of convenience in all the e-commerce we've been doing. And I don't think, like, I don't think the rate of e-commerce is going to go down next year. I mean, maybe the rate of growth will certainly go down. It's not going to be 40% again, but it's not like we're going to have less trucks that need to be on the road or people who are fine with slower delivery than they were this year. And so I. I think we're going to need to keep building out capacity for quite a while. And because of the hole that we're in, it will take a little while to grow up. Uh, You know, really, in terms of the need for the demand for for logistic services like trucks and warehouses, we probably went forward somewhere between three to four years in about 10 months. So it's going to take a while to build up out of that hole.
1: Yeah, it is amazing. Um, I want to just finally just ask if you had any other thoughts or concerns as, as the new year gets underway. Nicholas, um, anything else you wanted to kind of mention here?
2: Um, well, I can't believe the Bears made the playoffs. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but uh, other than that, um, I guess uh, you know there is a lot of uh, just demand is going to stay high. I do wonder now. You know we're we're on the right on the other side of. Of all these these extra elections that we had, because uh, you know we had bonus elections this year, and um, and you know so now it does seem like there will be some stimulus, which will be interesting to see, uh, and, and might help, I think on the consumer side as relief. You know one of the things I've been worried about was, well, maybe after Q1 we're going to see a, a slowdown, uh, because the unemployment rate and you know people maybe running out of stimulus and unemployment benefits and. All that stuff. Now that I think that we have uh, the the elections turned out the way they turned out, I think, it, and you know, Wall Street thinks so too, um, the the potential of significant stimulus is higher, and that might sort of you know grease the skids a little bit for increased consumer spending, um, which I mean is good for the overall economy, but for people who already didn't have enough trucks, it is going to present uh, you know, uh, an additional challenge. And I don't think that maybe that relief that you normally see uh, is is going to be as sharp this year.
1: Lots of challenges ahead for sure. Um, Zach, Absolutely. thanks so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Uh, back to you, Dave.
0: Thank you, Zach and Victoria. Now let's take a look at some of the other supply chain news from the week. Ben, it appears that the pandemic is continuing to bring tough conditions for shippers so far this year. What are you seeing in the numbers from the market?
3: That's right, Dave. And uh, some of these points really echo uh, what Zach Rogers was talking about with the contractions of uh, transportation capacity uh, and rising prices. Uh, When you add those two things together, uh, it means that many shippers are really seeing some tough conditions. Um, They've seen some of those throughout the past year, of course. Uh, We've all seen some of the impacts of the pandemic about spikes in demand for certain goods and uh, challenging job safety conditions for those essential workers. Um, But this week, uh, we've learned that some of those conditions, um, also as Zach was referring to, uh, might also extend into the first few quarters of 2021. Uh, So to put a little more color on that, um, this week, uh, Freight Transportation Research, FTR, which is a a transportation analysis uh, group, said that its shipping conditions index had shrunk in October to negative 11, uh, and that's its lowest reading in three years. Um, it, that's an index number. Um, so if it's negative, that means that it's um, predicting tougher conditions. If it were positive, it would be predicting looser conditions for shippers. Uh, and while the firm FTR forecasts that that index number might rise slightly after October, it's not expecting it to get into positive numbers until at least late 2022, uh, which is almost two years from now. So. Uh, We've also seen a similar trend in air freight. The International Air Transport Association, um, which is a trade group many people see monthly statistics from, uh, said November freight volumes had improved slightly from October as economies open up um, and and as we begin to see the early impacts of vaccinations. Um, But they still remain obviously depressed compared to 2019. But meanwhile, air capacity has shrunk even faster, uh, due largely to the loss of a lot of uh, space, belly space in airplanes, because passengers simply aren't flying, so the number of planes in the air is smaller. Um, and even as well on the oceans, uh, we've seen real snarls uh, with ships and uh, shortages of containers at seaports. Um, so but as Zach had re- referenced, there are waiting lines uh, for some of the ships arriving at U.S. West Coast ports, uh, and that continues to make ocean capacity also very tight.
0: Ben, do you see any specific moves from companies to work around those challenges?
3: Right, great question. Um, Some companies are turning to new technologies. um, Some are trying to work with new partners, uh, but the very biggest ones can uh, make their own arrangements. And this week um, we actually saw that Amazon.com, which is of course one of the biggest of the big, uh, had bought 11 new cargo jets uh, to carry its e-commerce orders. These are uh, Boeing 767 planes that a lot of us have uh, traveled on uh, back when we were flying around. Uh, And those are being actually converted from passenger seats into cargo space uh, by Delta Airlines and by WestJet Airlines, which is an economy Canadian line. Uh, So although Amazon's air capacity is still a lot smaller than uh, familiar names like UPS and FedEx uh, that have hundreds of airplanes, uh, Amazon's growing fast. Um, Its air uh, arm was launched just back in 2016. Uh, and it already had a fleet of more than 80 planes before this latest deal. So adding 11 uh, starts to bring it close to 100. Uh, so it, it's uh, the company is really looking to build up its own travel lanes um, in, in relation to the real shortages that we're seeing um, in, in the standard transportation market.
0: Yeah, well, we'll keep tracking those long-term impacts that Amazon makes on the air market. And hopefully some of these other conditions get better for shippers as well. Thank you, Ben. Yep. And Victoria? Poorly packed containers can be dangerous for anyone that has to handle them in the supply chain. And now there are new calls to better assure safety. What can you tell us about those initiatives?
1: Sure. Yeah, happy to. Thanks, Dave. Um, Well, this week, two international groups, um, the Transport and Logistics Insurer called TT Club and, and a Shippers Advocacy Group called the Global Shippers Forum, um, urge shippers to take greater responsibility for supply chain safety and security this year, as you mentioned. Um, and this is particularly when it comes to dealing with damage and disasters that occur from poorly packed shipping containers. Container ship fires are among the most cited types of incidents or the ones we hear about most, but um, the groups say poor container packing can lead to a wide range of other problems as well, you know, including things like contaminate, contamination and other types of environmental um, issues and challenges. Um, so both groups pointed to industry analysis showing that I think it was something like two thirds of cargo damage incidents, including fires, are either caused or exacerbated by poor practices at the time of packing, packing the goods into freight containers. And the result is it can be catastrophic, but also you know multi-million dollar losses every year for companies. So they say the responsibility falls to retailers, manufacturers, traders, exporters, and importers, all of whom rely on uh, global supply chains, you know, to t- transport a wide variety of goods. Um, and the issue affects, you know, all kinds of products. You know, it could be everything from chemical cargos, you know, things like paint, fertilizers, that kind of thing, you know, to everyday items, you know, electronics, appliances, automobiles, pretty much everything. You got to be really careful about how you you pack these things.
0: So exactly, what do these groups say shippers could do to improve safety?
1: Yeah, so they're recommended recommending adhering to um, an industry guideline known as the Code of Practice for Packing of Cargo Transport Units, or CTU Code. Uh, This is a joint publication of several international groups, and it essentially provides guidance on packing and securing cargo freight containers, uh, either for sea or land transport. The code is comprehensive and can be a bit complex to navigate, they say, so um, the two groups that, that I mentioned earlier have partnered to produce what they call a quick guide, to the CTU code. And that aims to help make it a bit more manageable and accessible to a wider audience. So we include links to both the code and the guide in our story this week. So it was really just an interesting look at, you know, what people can do, what shippers can do, as I say, to to kind of promote more safety and security.
0: Yeah, and that's always a good idea to promote safe practices within the industry. Thank you, Victoria. You're welcome. We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories. Go there to check it all out. Thanks, Ben and Victoria, for sharing highlights of the news this week.
1: Thank you, Dave. I always learn a lot. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here.
0: And again, our thanks to Zach Rogers of Colorado State University for being with us today. We encourage your comments on this topic and our other stories. You could email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. We also encourage you to rate this podcast if your podcast platform allows for that. We appreciate your feedback. And a reminder that Logistics Matters is sponsored by DCV TV. Be sure to check out the latest videos on DCVTV.com, the largest and best source of videos for the supply chain industry. Stop by often to see the latest uploads. Go to DCVTV.com to view them. We encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Pandora, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Logistics Matters to find us. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. We'll be back again next week when we'll look at handling all those holiday returns. Be sure to join us. Until then, please stay safe and have a great week.